All right. Welcome Hello. to Havana Cafe again. Coffee, coffee ready. Episode number one thirty-two. Cookie ready. Yeah. Or biscuit, depending on where you yeah, where you live at in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's going to be an interesting one uh, today, I think, because I've I've been interested to hear your take on the Makino. The Makino. The Makino. The Makino. The Camino. The Camino. The Camino. Yeah, the Camino. Yeah, to hear your sort of take. And um, as I've just been picking up from um, just our little contacts we have, a messenger, it seems like you're still... Yeah, definitely still processing. Yeah, I'm really interested to sort of... Yeah, because we've had little bits that sort of come into our conversation at various points, but... When you did the Camino, so so for those listeners who don't know, there's a pilgrimage trail that runs through Spain and ends in a town on the north sort of west corner of Spain called Santiago de Compostela. Yeah. And it's a church that has some relics and people used to want to go there. Well, the thing is, it's an ancient pilgrimage. It's been around for... Quite a number, you know, centuries. Hundreds and, yeah, yeah, hundreds and hundreds um, of years. And its traditional roots start in Roncesvalles Valles and goes through northern Spain to Santiago. And in fact, if you're a real purist, it starts in France at the bottom of a huge hill. <laughs> so yeah. your first act of I did not do that penance <laughs> is to climb this massive hill and then you reach the start in Roncesvalles Valles. Um, and it was basically a road for you to go off and work off your sins for purgatory in the sort of Catholic church tradition. Um, and you could walk it yourself, and but sort of rich folks, of course, they could hire someone to walk the Camino for them to work off their sins. Oh, that's <laughs> Which convenient. Which is crazy. I know. It's nice, isn't it? Maybe I should have taken... Um... You should have done bids. that. You should have, you should have sent someone else the to highest, walk for you. No, no. I'm saying <laughs> I would have walked for oh, someone else. Oh, you would have else. walked for someone. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I highest bidder. Yeah. Um, there's also some economic aspects that were uh, associated with it as well. Um, in fact, at one point in time, the bandits used to exist on that northern Spain route. Um, but they were messing up commerce. So, of course, the Catholic Church had to get involved. And it's like, hey, come on, you're messing up our, our money, our money source here. But anyway, so centuries, people have been walking this uh, the route um, to work off their sins, to get themselves out of purgatory. But, and it's quite a spiritual route. Um, as you would imagine, as you would imagine it would be in terms of its Catholic tradition. I, I know nowadays people walk it just for recreation. Some people walk it for... You know the challenge, and uh, but there are still people who walk it uh, as a part of this walking off their sin aspect. Um, and I thought maybe it'd be interesting to see what made you want to go. So I know there's a whole backstory for me in terms of why I wanted to walk and what I was looking for. Okay, we'll um, see. We'll start with that. And then interested in what I found. So. Um, I first came across, and we got about three texts here, but I first came across it in a book called uh, Being a Man in a Lousy Modern World um, by a guy named Robert Trigger. Um, and basically in this book, he was talking about how there's no, like everything's about f- f- uh, f- f- function or form, form more about, more about what you look than substance these days. And there was no okay. great adventure type things. Um, like your Hemingway running with the bull type aspects. And, okay. and it's actually an interesting book because it, it it's written in parallel because he's just about to have his first kid. So on one side of the page, it's him becoming a new father, about to become a new father. But then he dips in between these different things that used to define us as sort of men as opposed to this sort of unisex, okay. multi, you know, metrosexual kind of male type thing. Um, so that's when I first came across it. And then... It came at about the time I was really into Paulo Coelho as well. And he wrote a book called The Pilgrimage and also The Confessions of a Pilgrim Hero. And I wrote, read both of those. Um, and his, of course, reason for going on the Camino was um, had a, a mystical. It was, it was to yes. work off his brother's sins, but it was also a very mystical um, journey that he was going on as well. So, of course, that captured my imagination, being all into mysticism yeah. and, and the like. So I was interested in there. But it also happened to come at a time when I was at a very low point in my life. I just had this 
And I know we've, we've talked about this in the podcast, the other work that you probably do. I know the work that I do from a coaching standpoint where people reach a space where they say, is this all that there is? So on the surface of life for me, at any rate, you know, everything would be fine. If you're looking in from the outside, wife, kids, house, uh, comfortable sort of living and, and the like. But there was something that was eaten up inside of me in the sense that I didn't have my own time. Everybody had demands on my time. And I was, I had in my head position that it, all that sort of stuff was keeping me from doing the things that I wanted to do. How old were your kids? Um, do you remember? I don't remember. I mean, it would have still, they wouldn't have been in like senior school. So they would have still been. Yeah, so in primary school. Yeah, they so would have still been in primary school, school yeah. yeah. Um, so I had, you know, you got work. Yeah. You got the kids. Yep. Then you got I the, know that deal. Well, yeah, well, then you got the spouse. So it's yeah. like, well, when do I get some clay time? When is it my time? Um, and, you know, I like being out in the mountains and stuff like that. So it was like all these things felt like they were hindrances to me being my sort of full self in that sense. So it came at about that particular time in life and I thought well what a chance to in fact it was around this time it was an Easter-ish time because we had time off from work and that sort of thing um, and so I thought well I will I'll do this with a Camino to kind of go and find some stuff um, and the interesting thing about that is one of my friends and I was like oh because I was getting excited about going and go say what are you going to go find on the Camino that was my take on it he goes and his words, and I thought that was, it was pretty profound to me, at least. He said, I suspect on the road to Santiago, you'll find Santiago. And what I'm interested in is what you bring back. Um, and then that actually... Who said that to you? A friend of mine, Pete. Huh, had he done that? Had he done it? No, he had not done it, no. But oh, I mean, he was a, very... a fellow coach uh, right. in up here. Um, yeah. And... Um, yeah, so, but then that, that itself helped to change my relationship to going on the Camino, where I was going initially to look for something. Mm-hmm. Yet that one little statement there switched it around to let me just go explore and, and uh, whatever, whatever comes up, it's there. So I went not looking, but open-minded. It is, and it is a thing, a the kind of expectations that you bring to... Hmm. These kind of walking or or just, you know, lots of different experiences. We bring a whole bunch of expectations about what we hope to get out of it and stuff. And and it can be almost quite a scary thing to bring those expectations because then you're sort of worried that you're not going to meet them. Whereas if you get rid of your expectations, then suddenly there's nothing to meet and everything's okay. So I definitely feel like that was something that was there for me as well yeah so that was quite amazing that your friend said that that was really yeah, that's really I, like cool. i think there was a it was, yeah definitely sort of changed the outlook but i was still in this bad place in relationship to the low space in life um and so it, it, it was a perfect route for me to walk at that time how long did you go for um i think we did 10 days okay um so we did about half with just over a quarter, probably. Um, and we started in Roncesvalles and, and walked to sort of no- northern Spain. And we stayed in monasteries. So um, if, if listeners and you look thinking of walking it, one of the things that was a part of this is you, you're going as a pilgrim. It's well marked out trail. Um, I know at least on the northern routes um, at each of the stop points, there's a monastery and you can stay in the monastery. Um, it's quite strict, as in you have to be there by a certain time, and you have to be out by lights have to be out at ten, and you got to be out the door by six, basically. Um, but it was free; you didn't have to pay to stay. Um, and so we stayed in these monasteries along the way. But one of the things that I also wanted to get out of this was um, just meeting fellow pilgrims. So I did end up meeting tons of people. Um, along the way because as you all know you kind of get a different you kind of have a rhythm um, and it just turns out that the rhythm would match up with some other person's rhythm and so you would I would meet the same people at nearly about the same parts of the different day so I got to know 
a number of different people um, along the way, which was quite neat as well. Because it was neat to hear other people's stories while they were walking. I mean, I ran into people who they do, they've been doing the Camino for like years. Like they come back every year and walk all 500 miles um, every year. And others were just like one guy was kind of, he was like racing. So he was trying to see if he could finish it in the least amount of time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then everything in between, young, old, yeah. um, all, all sorts of seekers and um, and the like. And so that was interesting to meet them. And also just meeting people in the really small towns. I mean, there was quite a number of places that we stayed where there's probably only like six buildings in the village. But they always loved pilgrims to be around and you have your little pilgrims mill um, in the evening. So that was, so for me, it was quite a magical experience in that sense of the meeting of the locals. Um, but just the rhythm of the walk. So up at six, and I did go fly over with three other people, but we didn't walk together. And um, we ate together and we hung out together for the couple of hours before we had to go lights out. <laughs> um, and so, you know, we would essentially six, we'd go find a bakery, get some bread, get some meat, and somebody would put it in their backpack and then we would walk, you know, probably the first hour together, but then everybody was there for the different reasons. And so we would separate. And then at noon, whoever was wherever at noon would stop. And then whoever, so the person front at noon would stop and everybody would catch up and we would eat lunch together and then disappear again. Um, and then catch up with each other just outside of the next town so we could, um, you know, get into the monastery together. So, yeah, um, that that's kind of my origin story to it. And now you tell yours and then we can talk about what you found and kind of that experience of the transition for me. Because it was a transition from, uh, we used the Joseph Campbell's Hero's Journey. Um, there was the, you know, the call to adventure, the hurdle. And then on the road of trials, but where where that bit of the ordinary world, when did it start to disappear for you? Mm. And you got into the into the road itself. But yeah. yeah, so what was your So I'll tell reason? I'll tell stuff backwards. Mm. Um because I did the Portuguese trail, mm. as you know. So it that we started, although it starts in Lisbon, we started at the border of Portugal and Spain in a town called Tui, and right on the other side is um Oh, I can't remember the name of the town, but anyway, there's a, there's a town in um, Portugal that's separated by a river. So literally, we walked sort of north, basically, to Santiago, and our end point was Santiago. Right. That was about 120 kilometers, so something like that. So we weren't... Um, and, and I think, although I had heard some of the logistics from you, the Portuguese trail doesn't seem to work exactly like that and that's probably because it's the a less common route so it's mm. still the second most common route and there were plenty of people walking it um but there's not monasteries right. so there's just hostels which were lovely and really really like well run and, and stuff like that um and there were it was very difficult to find pilgrims food like it just was not a thing, a thing so yeah. um we were very much in the kind of like spanish world of you don't eat until 11 o'clock at night so literally i think that one of the big challenges for me was like just finding food you know because you <laughs> get up in food, the morning yeah. and, and things are not open in yeah. spain at you know i mean we weren't it wasn't it also wasn't as early a rise so people were not up and of course we were um, there over the clocks changing. So it was still very, very dark in the morning mm. for most of the week that we were there. And we were off season as well. So season doesn't really start until whenever Easter, that chunk of Easter holiday go. And then, yeah. you know, a lot of people start walking and then it sort of continues. Mm. Um, and then obviously high season in the summer. So there were plenty of people walking, but probably nothing like how many people were walking when you were walking, for instance. Um, and so those are sort of logistics. I mean, I don't feel like we had as clear a imposed rhythm, like everyone was up more like 7.30. And, but even the bakeries and, and shops weren't open mm. even before 9, 9.30. You were still having trouble finding things that were open. 
So there was almost no sense in getting up super early because you yeah. couldn't get food. I suspect and then you were on this route here because it was usually only one place. Right. <laughs> so, and sus- right. I would suspect that that person had an entrepreneurial spirit and yes. thought, you know what? Yeah, totally. I know they're going to get kicked out totally. of the monitor. But it might, six. exactly, <laughs> so but it might open. have been yeah. that because this wasn't quite as, mm. um, as popular a route mm. and also because we were off season maybe that entrepreneurial spirit didn't like <laughs> kick in so much but they, you know because you were sort of like in most of the other countries i've traveled in this would be like a thing there would be like the backpackers cafe and there yeah, would be yeah. food all day long and yeah. it just was not like that most of the time yeah. so um but i mean it was lovely and like you said the trail was incredibly well marked and the fact that i we sort of deviated coming into town into into the, a couple of bigger towns once or twice, but you really didn't even like there was. It was hard to lose your way. Yeah. Basically, is yeah. what I'm saying. Like the you know it was very, it was very clearly, well very clearly marked, and and I'm one to get lost. So yeah. uh, so that was great. And um, so then thinking about, I mean, I don't know how I decided I wanted to do this. So I did, so this was, so I'm turning 40 in a couple of weeks mm. and my best friend turned 40 in September last year. So we always sort of thought we would do something together, like a trip to celebrate. And I kind of came up with this idea. Um, I think mostly, I mean, I think I came across the idea of the Camino through that film, The Way with okay. um, Martin Sheen. And, um, and then through um, Paulo Coelho's book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I'm, I, actually us talking about it was the first, you were the first person I knew that had done it. So, you know, I think, I think that um, one of the things that really inspired me was, um, I have a really good friend, Eleanor Brown, who you know as well, he's a musician and like, you know, sort of incredibly talented person, but she took an entire summer, a few summers back, and walked the coastline of Wales. And she's a real big walker and a kind of being outdoors and and that kind of, you know, I mean, the the entire coastline of Wales is long, you know? So I've always been quite curious, and I think having spoken to her, you know, at various points during that that walking experience for her, um, and then reading Satish Kumar's No Destination, where he walks literally from yeah. India across to Europe. I mean, it's like crazy, yeah, crazy yeah. walk. And, um, you know, so all of these things, I think, I'm not a big one for physical challenges. I think, you know, that, that that's not something that motivates me very mm. much. So it, it's, it's never going to be for that. And I was quite happy that this trail was quite flat and not that much climbing because I, I sort of like looking around and kind of, you know, rather mm. than just, you know, climbing a mountain, it's not my thing. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, I think we, we got to the end of it and I, my friend Sarah sort of put it best when she said, um, I don't know, why did I want to walk? I turned 40 and I needed to think. And I was like, yeah, I think that sort of like on a base level captures it for me. It was like, you know, you get to these sort of markers and whether that's an age thing or a time in your life thing because you're changing careers or because you're having kids or because your kids are leaving home like you know we have these different um transition points of change and I think for me this year of being 39 and then coming up into 40 has been one of reflection for what this new transition brings you know because when you're young being 40 seems old and you know I remember my dad having his big 40th birthday party and you know so so you just get to a point i think where you go where you start remembering your parents when they were that age and you start mm. moving into a phase of a, a different sort of phase in your life and i think um i sort of felt like i wanted to honor that in a way and i wasn't really sure what was going to come up for me and but i felt like there would probably be stuff and I kind of wanted to make space for that without and you know I think the expectations thing for me was a real a real issue because I did want something to happen I think if I had come back from 10 days of walking and been like yeah it was 
fun to catch up with my friend. You yeah, know, like I would have right. been a bit like, oh, you know, when you read Paulo Coelho's The Pilgrimage and you you watch the film The Way and, you know, these are over, you know, very dramatized sort of tales about the Camino. And then, you know, anytime I've ever done something that is like the dramatized version of something, it's never that amazing mm. in real life for you. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's different when it's you doing it because of course when you're reading a book you're actually in someone else's head a little bit being someone else i'm gonna say you're whereas, taking their journey is it exactly whereas yours, yeah. when you're on your journey it's still just you and i think that can sometimes be a bit like you want to be different but do you know what i think that that's again it acts as a very very good metaphor and i think it's a good training ground isn't it because i think we often have expectations of things to the point that we aren't really paying attention to the reality of things. Yeah, I think that's so we right. Bring an expectation as opposed to saying, you know what, this is what it is. Whatever happens is okay. Uh, whatever happens and whatever it is, it is, but not bring all these other things onto it. Yeah. And I think, um, as I said, like the sort of first couple of days for me, I still had my brain was still in the ordinary world. So you're still thinking about what's going on back at home and these sorts of things. Um, but came come day three for me, um, all of that sort of faded away. Time, as in the watch time, was no longer there. So, you know, quite paying attention to the the sun and that sort of thing and just just that kind of pacing. But you're not like, okay, it's i got to be at this place at 10 o'clock or yeah. i got to do this thing yeah. at one thirty. Um, you know, that kind of time went away. Um, and then all of the... Um, I don't, I, I don't, I, I mean, the first word that came to my mind was mundane thoughts, but I don't know if that's the right word, but, you know, all the things that I wanted to wrestle with, those all started to disappear, and the mind moved into a place of a, almost just a blankness, it's just, you know, you're walking, from my, you know, I was just walking, and it was in the rhythm, and just seeing what was around, and again, it, you know, I was just there, if it was a, if, if ever there was a, you know, be in the present moment. After sort of day three, I was no longer thinking about past things, wasn't even th thinking about the future. I was literally just on the Camino and um, yeah. sort of doing my thing there. And you know, the occasional things will float in or insights would float in. Um, but mostly I was just kind of on the, on the trail. Yeah. Um, and it was quite nice to have stretches of time just in my own cranium with no one around, then it was good to walk sometimes with the folks that I came. Mm -hmm. In fact, I only knew, of the three, I only knew, well, one was my friend, the other were friends of his. Um, and then it was great to meet strangers. So I, you know, I had solitude, I had friendship, I had strangers, so that rhythm. And so, I, I mean, that was, that just kind of added yeah, to that, right. that sort of mix of of things. Because so, sometimes you get tired of being in your own head and just you. Mm. So it was nice to be in the presence of another human being. Um, and then again, you're meeting strangers, it's, you don't know them. So then there's that finding out e each other's stories and why are you walking the Camino and where are you from? And, you know, you just start sharing part of your personal history with someone you don't know and getting to hear a bit of their story. Um, in the sort of little pubs, in these little tiny towns because they quite really enjoyed pilgrims coming through um, and they just kind of made you feel, they, I mean, they were really nice people. They made you feel welcome in their town. And so I remember we were in the one pub and, you know, all the villagers and stuff were like giving us, because you have a little cheap pilgrims wine, but they were giving us other drinks. It was like, oh, yeah. So, I mean, they were really into us coming into what would be just a tiny village and, and they, you know, they're very accommodating in that sense. And so. Yeah, I did find that as well. And I, I wasn't something that I was particularly expecting, but mm. I did find a real, like, respect from local, like, Spanish yeah. people along yeah. the way about about walking. And the, the, you know, every time someone would wish you Buen Camino, it was yeah. like, it's, at first you sort of like, you're in this club, you know, like I was sort of talking about club. it. You're in the club. You're, well, now, you know, exactly. you have you have your sort of your backpack on and 
you know, we have a VW camper van and for people who have VW camper vans or who have VW Beetles or something, you know, you're in a club and if you see yeah. someone else, you beep and you wave or you flash your lights and you're in the club. But actually, you know, about day three or four, when more and more people were coming up and like saying stuff to us, like, you know, which we did hardly understood anything because they're speaking in Spanish yeah. and my Spanish is unfortunately quite appalling. But, um... There's a real genuineness to it. It's it's much deeper than just a sort of you're in the club, actually. Yeah. You know, I really felt that kind of acknowledgement of this isn't a cruise. This isn't like a beach holiday. This isn't like going to Mallorca. Yeah. You know, people that are going to do the Camino are usually going for a reason. And even if that reason, like you say, is just because they want to get away from the tech and and the you know clock time and all that kind of stuff and just sim simplify their life yeah. for a little while and walk or whether they're you know reaching a milestone in life or they have a or doing problem their, doing to, their purgatory working or off some they're, or they're doing their <laughs> spiritual kind of thing you yeah. know but everyone's come to it with with a reason in a way that you don't necessarily go to other holidays for that those kind of reasons yeah. and i think that was very much acknowledged in a in a really nice way yeah so, so yes um, as you transitioned back and coming back into, so did you have any epiphanies on the trail? And then well, what so, have been your post I mean, my, Yeah, so my experience on the trail was, and you'll know this from some of the Facebook lives I did, um, which are all on my Sarah Beth Hunt Writer Facebook page. Um, but... You know, it's a bit like you said. So I, uh, so I went with my best friend. I've known, I've known her since I was eight, and so, sort of, we went to the same high school, we went to the same university, and you know, your various points a bit closer, hmm. and then you know, you kind of drift in life, and then you're close again and stuff. But she's sort of really a person who has always been there, and so our stories with each other kind of span like basically most of our lives. So that was really nice, and so. The first day or two, really, I mean, we both have young kids and she still lives in Florida and I still live in the UK and have done for almost 20 years now. So to have that kind of time together when you don't have it constant interruptions and you're not just trying to cram everything into like yeah. a, a, we snuck off for dinner and drinks together, you know, and whatever um, was really nice. So I think like, you know, my experience was with walking with her was, you know, that the first day or two, we were really just sort of like. I don't know if catching up is the right word, but just allowing ourselves to have space to just chat about mm. stuff, to reminisce, to laugh about stuff. And, you know, one minute you're talking about university and the next minute you're talking about, you know, being in sixth grade and all the random, you know, stuff we were doing then. And then, and then I sort of started to feel like, first of all, that's, I think day three is when, I started to notice the physical side of stuff. So it's like day three of getting up, carrying your pack, walking a distance, you know, and your body starts to get tired a little bit. So then I was sort of having that kind of, because I had expect, like one of my expectations was that it would be like a walking meditation. Like it would be this um, really very present, but, but a kind of clear presence. And my mind... I mean, I guess I'm sort of very aware of the different states of, of your mind, like the different quality states of, that mm. your mind can take. Um, but my mind was very dull. Like I wasn't, I wasn't, I was in the present moment. And I would say I was like you described, just walking and looking around, enjoying, you know, and, and enjoying all the different signs of the shell and what people have done with it and stuff like that. But I wasn't really thinking about anything. And so that was nice. I'm going to say, isn't that the it, point of meditation to get to the point where well, there's no noise well, in your for head? Me, for <laughs> me, though, meditation is something a bit more specific. I mean, people throw around that word quite loosely. Yeah. And I have a much more specific idea of what I mean when I say that. So yeah. it didn't meet my expectations of what I think mind training is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was it, because in, med in what I mean by meditation, there's a clear there's a clear quality that you're finding within your own mind. Whereas my mind was very dull. It was just like, you know, nothing, you know, it wasn't spacious. 
It's hard. It's hard to describe <laughs> your mind. I know, anyway. I know what you're saying. Yeah, I know what you mean. Point, yeah, point yeah, is, yeah, yeah. point is that it wasn't. It wasn't like I thought, and that was that was also fine. And then, but I think at some point after day three, I was sort of like, actually, I need to be a little bit more intentional about what I'm thinking about. And kind of, a pre yeah, I guess just be a bit more intentional. Yeah. And so um, what I did, because I, I sort of had come into it thinking about stuff about being 40 and about what I, what are the things that are sort of weighing me down or holding me back that I would like to get rid of, you know? And so I sort of had this, like, you know, you're walking and you've got your pack on your back and it's mm. hard not to have that be kind of a metaphor for, for life. You know, you're, you're walking, you have different challenges and that, and in a way that's such a helpful thing because when you're doing the journey physically, whatever that journey looks like, it's quite easy for your mind to kind of take that as a metaphor and think, okay, how does this metaphor fit with like what I'm thinking about in my life? And, um, so for me, that was really very much like the backpack became kind of a thing. Yeah, and yeah. what's, what's in my backpack? What are the things that I, that I need that I want to carry forward? And what are the things that but what's your big I've epiphany, put? Though? What, what did, well, did I think so, yeah. so, I mean, yes and no. Or I think I'm still, I'm still definitely like processing things. Um, but my big epiphany, if, if, I mean, if I'm going to say, if I'm going to, yeah, 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 no, I mean, if I'm going to say it was an epiphany is that because I, I, the only reason I'm, I'm sort of hedging there is not because I didn't have a realization, but because I realized that having a realization is not the same thing as it, implementing the change that that realization calls you to. Do you know what I mean? Like you can mm -hmm. have a realization and then drop, drop back away from it. Or you can have a realization and go, actually, this is calling me to make a change. Do you know what I mean? But you have to kind of follow through with that, I think, yeah. sometimes. So so I suppose what I mean is that this is just like the beginning. This isn't like, ooh, I've had this realization and bing, now everything's like See, but different. I had one. I had, a, I had a bing and everything was different. Okay. Yeah, so my, my big epiphany in that moment was that everything that I needed was internal. Mm-hmm. So it didn't matter if I climbed. My my identity was not defined by the things around me, the things that I did and or didn't do. Like if I, you know, climbed a mountain, that didn't have. That was. I didn't need anything else other than what was in me to have fulfillment. So I was fulfilled in a self-contained way. How, when did that? Can you describe that epiphany? Like how did it happen? Um, I'm. In fact, I can sort of picture. A little meadow, I think we were kind of, and it was just on just a random sort of spot. And yeah. I hadn't, as I said, I wasn't necessarily ruminating on these things or thinking, mm -hmm. sort of thinking, thinking. Um, but as you, or as I, whenever, whenever I open my mind up, then you just have things that come through. You get an yeah, insight that's right. that's come through. So it was just in this field, and I probably have a picture of it. And I'll try and dig it up and, and I can, we can yeah, post it where I had my right. epiphany. Um, but it, f everything became just so, sort of super crystal clear. It didn't mean that the, all my problems were gone. It didn't mean that I'd found the answer to the universe or anything, apart from that my fulfillment was self-contained. I didn't need anything else. Which then, what that allowed or what the instantaneous change was that I could just, if I was climbing a mountain, I was climbing a mountain and just enjoy the mountain for what it was. And the, having, you know, the kids and the wife, and all, that those weren't obstacles. They were, they, they were, Things they were. Things that you were doing, yeah. yeah. And they, you know, so there was, you know, and I'm not being very articulate in this because it is a, it was just a feeling. It was like a boom. It was like, I can do those things for the sake of doing those things. That's probably the best way of, describing it so doing a thing for the sake of doing a thing it didn't have to be an objective not not for the end point or what it gets to be you or what you attain from it right it was just for the sake of it which in an odd way makes it 
more enjoyable. Yeah. Even the bad stuff is becomes enjoyable in a sick kind of twisted way because <laughs> there's stuff to learn in the bad spaces as well. So yeah. um, there wasn't a need to run away from the bad or run towards the good. It was to um, experience a thing for the sake of the thing that it is. Yeah. Um, and that was the sort of the big, big space in that meadow. And then later off the trail at home, sitting on my little couch thing, I had one of these, I don't know if you ever experienced this, but you know, I'm very much in the Eastern stuff and very much in the sort of Western philosophy, mm-hmm. Eastern philosophy, but they kind of went crash into each other. But in their crashing into each other, it was just like big blankness. And okay. if you watch the Matrix number two, you know, when he goes behind inside mm-hmm. the Matrix in the white wall, it was like that. It was empty. Um, and it was weird. It was a, such a weird feeling. It was just completely empty. Then they made, you know, there was, I enjoyed the emptiness for a time, but then I was thinking, well, I need to put stuff back in. What, right. you know, I need to fill this, this, this thing. You're supposed to have things that you're latching on to. Um, but it was such a, it was such a weird thing. It was like, boom. And it was just like this big white space of just that, that scene in the matrix is the best way yeah. to visualize it, explain it. Um, and that was just a, that was, that was really, fairly soon after you came back yeah it was not too long yeah. after I came back so it was quite an interesting thing to have my two thought processes collide with each other and almost cancel each other out yeah um, it's like the proton and the electron yeah it was kind of like that it was <laughs> like when they just erupted and it was like nothing it was like oh, okay this is interesting yeah um, right and then over a process of several weeks after that I slowly put stuff back in because it's quite a weird thing to walk around with not nothing there. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, well, I need to there's a I need to put some stuff in there. Which is a shame in some sense, because I'm thinking it would be nice to get back to that space. But it's almost like I emptied all the stuff that you try and empty out was gone. But then you don't you don't know what to do when there was no stuff there. So I start you know, you start slowly putting stuff back in that there's dumb stuff that you don't really need to be wrestling around with, but we do anyway. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if I could ever attain that. Are you space tempted again. to go back? Well, we're we're all going to go back. The four of us. That's one of our on our okay. list. Or the, yeah, the four of us to. And in fact, we're all geographically dispersed now. <laughs> anyway, so it'd be interesting, um, if you know, for all of us to yeah. converge again on the Camino and. Um, and then yeah and then yeah. sort of walk it again do you still have your pilgrim's passport somewhere i still have a passport i'll dig up the photos if we want to make a nice blog post and yeah, stuff with fine. it um, and i sent you a a blog post that i wrote short, no, not mega long after i come back um so maybe we can do show notes yeah but then we could do a blog post yeah. get some of the if I can find my pictures yeah 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 um, and put some stuff up like that but yeah so that was um, that was the the thing for me in terms of uh, of an epiphany or a, a like but it then made coming back into the UK and coming back into the world I no longer had that weight of um, that I don't have my own time I, that, that, mm-hmm. that life you know the, so the down point where I was at that was gone and I didn't have this feel like everything was competing against my time and I had to struggle to find time. You know what, this is sort of an aside to to that, but um, it's really interesting just to reflect on the sort of process because I Mm. think so often when we get ourselves into a bad headspace, we think we need to do more, you know, and and actually quite often we need to take some time to do less for a little while, just like literally take yourself out and do nothing. You know, and get yourself away from or do, like, your situation. Uh, the guys like um, Jensen and those kind of guys and Burroughs would literally stare at the paint. Right. <laughs> it's just, you know, in, ter- in terms of talking about doing nothing, that's exactly what they would do. Yeah, just right. Stare at the wall. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And do nothing because yeah, you need that. that. Is, I, you just and need I that do, space I do sometimes think that. And I think that if anyone's thinking about either doing the Camino or some other walk somewhere, um, you know, I think the thing about the expectations is that 
you can sort of have faith that if you if you keep space whatever you need to come in and maybe that's mm. not a whole lot you know but if you need something to come in you know making space for it is quite important you know and and sort of because because it sort of leaves space for your subconscious and your subconscious and your intuition kind of know a lot more than you do in a way well, i think if you go on these journeys stuff up you um that and this is the thing where i think they work very good as metaphors and not even the whole of our process because you don't even have to do that intentionally. You can go with all your stuff, baggage, doesn't matter. Yeah, right. If you walk long enough, all that stuff starts to Happen anyway. disappear. Yep. Yeah. And you have those moments, like you said, you know, I've seen a couple of your Facebook lives where, or writes, and I can't remember one, one you did when you were, it was the physical things and the feet and you were just wanting to walk. But that's part of that yeah. whole process. That's part of the, totally. the body adjusting, shifting and then yeah. the mind, because the mind will start doing all kinds of crazy things, like, you know, get a little niggle in your foot, and then all of a sudden it, it gets massive because all your mind wants to feel is that little blister on your toe. Or, or, or is or, it like, is it yeah. going to get worse? Or is it going to get worse? Yeah. So I just Am I going to be able to make it? Yeah. yeah, totally. And, you know, I definitely think also that there is something a bit... Um, serendipitous or or you know magical about the trail in terms of throwing up the stuff that is your stuff so like mm. you know walking with my best friend it's like the stuff that came up for her was directly in line with her stories that mm. she deals with and those things just didn't come up for me so we're walking the same path literally together the whole time I mean, sometimes we were talking sometimes we weren't you know whatever but she has you know her own stuff and that was the stuff that the trail brought out yeah ironically so sometimes it's like you don't even have to like you're saying be that intentional it just comes of its own because unfortunately you're just you you are you and you brought everything with you well you brought it all with you and given enough time you go through those natural rhythms because one of the reasons i left self-employment um came uh, out of going to kinabaloo and doing a 10-day adventure race out there. And there was just, it was it was mostly people from big corporate companies and I put the team together. So I was at Maryland, HSBC, we had a team, Barclays, all sorts of big companies had a team. But we were literally in the jungle, so there was no civilization-ish around nearest to where we were at. Um, and essentially we did three races a day from canoeing type things, sea kayaking, and um, we had to go and survive in the jungle overnight and build yourself to that kind of stuff. Um, but in the evenings when we came back to base camp, because there was nothing else around, so you didn't have phones, you didn't have electricity, and so you're sitting around the fire, but we were telling stories like our ancestors would have done. So um, you had that. But so what struck me when we came, well, one, because of the length of time, you again, time back at home goes away and you get into the rhythm of where you are. Um, it was quite physical, so I mean, most of yeah. you just um, you're there and present and doing the race. But what the profound bit for me out of that is when we got back, so many people had a life-changing moment for them, and so many people quit their jobs after coming back because it was like, oh, there's got to be more to life than this, and slaving away in the city and doing this. So, and I was thinking, well. Well, the corporations are probably going to stop participating wow. in that. Because it, it, and it was, and ha- I mean, I was, you know, really. I don't getting, think that was the team building they were. <laughs> that's not what they were after, and um, but it was just about the time I was getting heavy into, even more heavy into the sort of coaching stuff, and I was thinking, well, that happened without an intentional. There was no one saying here and setting up a uh, an intent for that experience to happen. It happened naturally. Um, and so then I thought, well, what if you combined the intentionality of coaching with that kind of experience? What, how much more of a journey could people have? So that's when we started and you the did ascent. Your ascent stuff, yeah. yeah, and so kind of recreated that that space, but in an intentional um, kind of way. And so I'm saying all that to say, does as you say, it doesn't matter what journey you go on, given a length of time. If you're outside of your normal comfort zone somewhere, so somewhere you don't necessarily know, and, and given the time, and you go through that cycle. 
one of the things that you get out of sort of basic training and ranger school and things like that is that getting that shift, that change from, and then, oh, adversity is another thing that can yeah. bring out some good stuff when you're struggling to do things because you get a real insight into who you, who, what your real character is as well in those kind of um, spaces and time. Um, but yeah, the cycle. I get hangry. The, the journey as well. I couldn't get food and I get hangry. What does that say about me? Well, does, well <laughs> if you couldn't get food over a number of length of time, that's when it would get interesting. <laughs> Once, <laughs> okay, I mean, that's when it would get interesting. I don't know, like, um, like I said, like at the ranger school, we, were, we didn't get to eat anything. And again, you see the different things that your body does, yeah. where your mind does, also how other people around you act and react and... Right. Um, so it's yeah. just an interesting experience and feel, you know, again, insight into self. But and have we done an episode on solitude, like like literally going and sitting in the desert somewhere or the woods or a cave? No, but I want a, to alone for ten days because I'm. Can you bet about you, that? Yeah, well, that'll be another another one of these um, where your like your brain will go through this cycle. Yeah. And what and all the things that it would throw back up at you, but then there'll be the turning point where other things happen and insights can sort of flow ten. And yeah. so I guess we can, by way of sort of winding this down, um, I think it's important if people can carve out time to do, you know, a bigger journey. I would call it. Um, whether I mean, you know, even like our sort of Native Americans and lots of different cultures, you go on your spirit quest. Yeah, so you right. just kind of go out and go on this sort of, and interestingly enough, I think um, if you have the confidence doing these things solo, I think you get yeah. um, another level because then that self reliance and the reliance on strangers well, comes thing, as well. Yeah, that's right, and I think also yeah. you don't have the sort of typical distractions that, that are like your crutch for coping yeah. and not having to look at yourself a little bit yeah yeah so yeah so definitely recommend doing some kind of journey or another um i think the thing that's most surprised me about this is how much i feel and and it's interesting you say that everybody on on my other corporate events yeah like it was like almost the biggest part of the journey happened after the journey was ostensibly over that's you when know, the realizations came. Well, that when, and, yeah, so that's, so that's when you yeah. had your biggest aha moment, maybe with the colliding atoms. Yeah, like, yeah. And uh, you know, if if that is when they really, you know, they. So I think, I guess my and and I, I feel like that has been very true for me. I feel like I have had this ten days away, and. I'm surprised because every other time you sort of come back and that trip is done, you know, and I feel like this, the stuff got set in motion and what is the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead quote that you love? Oh, the, yeah, wheels, the wheels have, have been yeah. set in motion. Yeah, you know, it's like you, there's yeah. a certain momentum to a process that yeah. you start internally that continues and in fact, potentially intensifies. Snowball effect, in a sense. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, that, that's probably a good way to describe it for me, too. So. so, you know, I do think that... Um, I think, you know, it takes some bravery to continue the process because it's quite easy when you come back to just go, yeah, no. But... Um, I suppose it depends on where you are, again, in your life cycle as well. Because, yes, you could just go... On a, you know, people do it all the time, going on a 10-day hiking trip. And it's not about a spiritual thing. It's not about finding anything. I literally just want to go out and enjoy nature and I get away from normal yeah. and have, and, and then that's just, it's an adventure in and of itself. Yeah. Um, well, a lot of people are doing it, like you say, with it. Like, so my husband, Stephen, does a Highland hike every year with, mm -hmm. with a Bumstrom mate, and they only go for like a long weekend. But there's a whole group of them it's their time to catch up and walk yeah. all day and talk to each other and then have drinks in the evening. And it's about having fun and being out in nature, but it's not a, so, and it's not that they don't talk about things that are important yeah. to them or get a bit deeper. You're not going on a quest, but they're not going on a quest. They're not going on a, I've got some things, you know, I mean, 
like like Sarah said, I'm turning 40 and I wanted to think. Yeah. You know, you, and it's like, a, you know, the there's a marking. journey. You know, there's you a bit have that whole bit there where you're like. Heroine's journey. Or however, the yeah. book, anyway, heroine, hero, hero, person's journey. Person's um, journey. The, you know, going through that process. I think, but it, you and know, allowing so I'm, I'm it to go happen, on this I journey, think. Yeah, because yeah, you sort of yeah. do have to allow it to happen because it's quite easy to just. It's not quite easy, but it's you know. I think taking that first step out is the big deal. Was uh, um, answering the call, yeah, or refusing the call. That's right. So that's the start of the. That's, that's right. the start of the journey, isn't it? Where you step out into that space or not? But anyway, um, I think for folks, if you're interested in it, um, the road to Santiago. Uh, you can Google it. Um, lots of good books on it. Way of St. James. Um, and yeah, highly recommend it. Um, it's a cheap holiday as well. Uh, at least in sort of northern part. I don't think you pay more than six euros for a meal. It's been fairly cheap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. A glass of wine is and, two pounds, and two euros. if you like wine, there's a town, or one of the, not even a town, it's just a, at one of the, just outside of one of the monasteries. Is a fountain of wine, and you can drink as much wine as you like. Although there is, because you're on the Camino, there is the sign that says there's nothing between here and the next place, and there literally was no, no towns, water, no, no water, no nothing. So there is a big caution, um, which is probably a good place to put a fountain that has wine coming out of it. As otherwise, if you imagine, um, it could be crazy. <laughs> but yeah. So anyway. All have right. a Google of it. We'll make a blog post, put up some of the books that we have. I'll try and dig up some of my pictures. If you got yeah. some pictures, that'd be great. Um, and any reflections you got, I'll share my reflections in that space as well. Yeah. Um, and we shall go from there. Yeah. yeah. So if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, do it now. Do yeah. it now. Do it now. Do you know? I, I mean, I've run into a few people over the last couple of weeks and they're like, oh, yeah, I love listening to the podcast you think well you know speak up man <laughs> no not, that, that's clay I, you can you can be a what we call a vulture that's no. that's me sitting on the sidelines but subscribe subscribe no. now speak up man let All us right. know you're there <laughs>